people don't know is 99% of the U.S. military bases re- ha- get their electricity from the civilian electric grid. I've got DOD reports to Congress, again, 20 years ago, telling them if we lose a civilian electric grid, we've got enough backup diesel generation for 24 hours, uh, 24 to 48 hours. And uh, the, their phone lines don't work. There's no plan of action. So I'm also a part of the Electromagnetic Defense Task Force. It's a three-day wargaming operation the military put together with all the alphabet agencies. And uh, we looked at all this, and uh, it, it was shocking for me to find out, you know, the, the average military base, they don't have food. They get their food by tractor trailers on the base, just like every other town does. Uh, they're going to run out of food, and they're, they're not. their fresh water comes from the nearby town. They don't have their own anything. So they're going to run out of food and water and power, just like every other American and uh, this, these reports told Congress that in the case of an EMP, which is why it's so likely, our military cannot respond. Our National Guard can't respond. You know, you see the Hollywood movies where you have these trucks coming down the roads and passing out MREs. That's never going to happen. They, they've already warned Congress that they, they can't. There's, they, they, they have no ability to respond. All their stuff's fried, too. Are you looking for the ultimate Christmas gift for the prepper in your family? Or maybe you are looking for affordable ways to prepare for what may be coming. If this is you, we have a curated list of unique gifts for all members of your family. But within that list, we have the ultimate list of prepper gifts. It includes important essentials from the medicine garden that turns your backyard into a complete natural pharmacy to the DIY solar panel guide that saves you up to 85% on solar panels. We also have the air fountain that extracts up to 10 gallons of water from even the driest desert air to the guide that helps you build a portable space energy generator to power your entire home for less than $300. And wait, there's more. The ultimate woodworking guide that comes with over 16,000 of the best woodworking plans available so you can make anything you want or need. And there is even more. To see all the options, go to sarahwestall.com under shop and look for the unique Christmas list on the top of the shop page or use the link below. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Jonathan Hollerman coming to the show today. And I, I, I don't like doing fear porn because it, it's fear porn. It scares people. But what we're going to be talking about today, I want to warn you, this is pretty scary stuff. And we talk about solutions and we talk about some of the things that you can do. So make sure that you think about this so you listen long enough to listen to the solutions that we talk about at the end, because this gets kind of scary. And the, the most important thing is to realize that there's some things that we can do to keep the grid. We're going to talk about the grid, the electric grid. We can keep it from going down. And this guy, Jonathan Hollerman, he's an expert at what would take down a grid and how what the risk is. He's the deputy director of the U.S. Task Force on Homeland Security, but he's specifically focused on the electric grid. And this was a council, this was a panel that was created by Congress to look at these and the vulnerabilities. And he's they're really working hard to get the information out to the people and why we're vulnerable and some of the things that are happening. And there's there's stuff that we can do, the Congress can do, but there's no incentive. And the electric companies, the utilities don't want the government involved at all. So they're at this standstill where the utilities won't let the government in and they don't care. Um, they just won't. They spend, besides big pharma, they are the second 
they spend the second most behind big pharma on lobbyists to keep government out of their business. But by keeping government out of their business, this industry is very vulnerable. I'm a libertarian leaning person and, and so is Jonathan. But this is one area where we're at such risk that we really do need them to be strengthening. He says it's uh, hardening the grid and we need them to be doing that, especially against cyber threats and some of the low level solar flares and things that they can do. And some of the stuff isn't that expensive. Like, first of all, stop buying transformers from China where they have backdoor ways they can just shut it off, blow it up and take down our entire grid. They're buying these uh, transformers from China. He's going to explain that. President Trump had an executive order to said no more of these from China. And President Biden, an idiot, he came and, you know, they just got rid of all of Trump's executive orders. This one, too. Instead of one by one looking at what makes sense, they got rid of this and now they're trying to reestablish it. Just don't put these things in. But that's just one of the areas that we got to get smarter at and make sure that we're not this vulnerable. So he's going to talk about that. And it is kind of scary. So be sure to talk or be sure to stay for the solutions part. So, you know, there are some things that we can do and some ways that you can protect yourself. And so before we get into that, I want to talk to you about Miles Franklin and the fact that you should be preserving your assets. Buying silver and gold isn't really a get rich scheme, but it really is something to help you preserve your assets. We know that the dollar is, uh, countries are de-dollarizing and they're moving away from the dollar. We know that banks are very vulnerable. The one thing that preserves your assets is gold and silver. I highly recommend you putting your IRAs what you have into some gold and silver so that when the dollar, the economy shifts over, it will, it always does through history. You cannot have the same, you know, the reserve currency doesn't last forever. And we're at the end of this. It's going to happen. It's probably going to happen overnight. So be sure that you have some in gold and silver. And even if it's just $500, make sure you have something to protect yourself. I recommend contacting Miles Franklin, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them that Sarah sent you and they will give you the best prices in the country and great service. There's nothing better than getting the most value out of your money. If you're going to be converting to silver and gold, you want somebody who's not going to take advantage of you and is going to give you as much gold and silver for your money as possible. And that's Miles Franklin. And they also have really good storage rates and, and solutions for those who are moving their IRAs to gold and silver. I checked it all out. Uh, their pricing, and it's better than the industry pricing. They're just really good to work with. I think that you will appreciate it. It's their guarantee to me. So info at milesfranklin.com, email them, and they will get you all set up. Tell them that Sarah sent you, and they promise me, that's their guarantee, that they will give you a really great service and the best prices in the industry. Okay, let's get into this really good conversation that I have with Jonathan Hollerman. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. You are the deputy director of the U.S. Task Force mission for 
doing our, for protecting our grid. Can you talk about what your role is? I know that the Congress commissioned your advisory board that you're leading. Can you talk about what that role is? And then I want to dive into, I mean, people are going to be floored with some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Sure. So I'm the deputy director of the U.S. Task Force on National and Homeland Security. It's a congressional advisory board under the Congressional EMP Caucus. So our uh, our task force was started by Dr. Peter Pry, who worked hand in hand with the Congressional EMP Commission and warning Congress that a long term loss of the electric grid was, you know, kind of in the works. It's something that we should be preparing for as a government and as a country, hardening the American electric grid. Unfortunately, it's been falling on deaf ears for the last 20 years under five different administrations, and it's a task force basically trying to get legislation through Congress uh, at the state level or the federal level to, to harden the American electric grid to protect the American people. However, uh, we are also trying to raise awareness to the American people themselves because 99% of people just have no idea whatsoever that the a, a nationwide grid down event, grid down event could be a permanent fixture in this this country. They just assume that somebody's looking at this and somebody's taking care of it and somebody's going to fix it and you know it's never going to break. But that's just not the case. It's it's more serious than people realize because of some of the equipment that we're buying from the Chinese Communist Party and elsewhere and what's built into this. Can you talk about what our vulnerabilities are and how widespread this is? When I read your report, I just, my kind of jaw dropped. I knew because I've done reports on how, you know, how fragile just hacking into it, you know, from a computer system standpoint, that's fragile, but I had no idea the extent of how fragile this is. Can you talk about what has been going on with this equipment? Sure. Uh, so uh, before I go like get a deep dive on the Chinese transformers and what's going on with that aspect of it, the, the, you kind of need to explain the role of the high voltage transformer in the American electric grid. Okay. So our high voltage transformer are what step up and step down power uh, across the long line transmission lines across this country. They're they're one of the most critical components of our electric grid and they weigh on average around 400 tons each uh to, we have 3000 high voltage transformer locations around this country to replace one uh, at the current at the uh, at the current time period uh they come from south korea and germany and some from china uh it takes 24 to 36 months to replace one uh they're hand built per each location okay so there are America's Achilles heel without step up and high voltage step up and step down transformers. You can't produce power from a, you know, if you, you have a big power generation facility, you can't just plug your toaster into the line that comes out of that power generation facility, right? It's got to get stepped down uh, once you get to a local town and then it gets stepped down further on smaller transformers. But the point is, is uh, through many different threats, whether it be uh, nuclear EMP, uh, a massive solar flare, we're talking about physical attacks against the grid, cyber attacks, quantum computing. There's many, many different ways a, a enemy actor or just an act of God could take down our national electric grid. It, it's unhardened. It's unprotected, uh, which is what our task force has been fighting for for, for 20 years uh, and, and the other different groups in this industry, like we're, we're trying, we're fighting an uphill battle to harden the electric grid. So your specific question you were asking about the Chinese uh, transformers. So 
probably around six or seven years ago, uh, a company uh, from China, a Chinese transformer company, uh, set up shop in California, and they started selling transformers, medium to high load transformers into the American electric grid. And what they did is they started selling their transformers significantly cheaper than the transformers we've always bought from South. And they come from, like I said, South Korea and Germany, which are allied countries, right? And so for a handful of years, at least, I think it was closer to four or five, the electric utility started, I mean, it's a significantly cheaper transformer, right? It's coming from China. I mean, what industry doesn't use stuff from China these days, especially technology stuff, right? So they started stealing these all over the country. Uh, and under the Trump administration here about, I, th I think it was three years ago now, uh, the intelligence community got some intelligence that there might be something nefarious happening with these high-voltage transformers. Like I said, that's the America's Achilles heel. That's their lifeblood. So they confiscated one at port here a couple of years ago, and they took it to Sandia National Laboratory, and they ran tests, and they found hidden back doors in, in these high-voltage transformers that could not be removed, that could not be fixed, right? They were embedded that deep into these high-voltage transformers that would allow somebody from another location, okay, to basically shut off or destroy that transformer remotely at any point in time, okay? And doing a little digging on this company, its uh, its parent company in China is owned by the Communist Republic of China. I mean, they they well, they, they own, own most this. companies, right? They or, own most companies, correct? It, it's not any different than any of the companies. They they what those what they say they have to do. They, I, that that's the point is is they sit on the board and whatever they say you have to do, you have to do. You don't have autonomy, right? To mm -hmm. to say, ah, no, we don't want to do this with these transformers so we, we immediately trump signed an executive order uh to prohibit any chinese technological infrastructure from any of our critical infrastructure including gas lines electric grids you know we were finding these back doors in this equipment and they said ah uh -uh, no more uh so when biden came into office uh what well, you know to be clear, he got rid of all Trump's executive orders on day one. This was one of them. And since this then, we stupid. are still putting these say, this company, we know, we know for a fact what they're doing. And we're, for the last couple of years, uh, if you go to michaelmaybe.info or .com or .org, one of the three, Michael Maybe, uh, he's done a ton of FOIA requests and, and investigative research. He's filed FERC filings at the federal government on this issue. He's got all the... He's got all the footnotes and all the, the information there, and you can read through it, and it's jaw-dropping. It's like, we know they're doing this. And the electric utilities and everyone was just like, eh, you know, it's cheap. It's cheaper. We're going to keep don't care. putting them in there. I don't understand. Yeah. Okay, so Biden just stupidly canceled all executive orders because they were Trump's executive orders. So they canceled, didn't even, can stupidly did it. Didn't go through and say, okay, which ones make sense and which ones don't. He just went... They canceled one for at the border. This one made me really angry because they had sex offenders that they've been tracking and were on. And one of the, I can't remember the name of the executive. It had a name, some operation name. They had like three dozen sex offenders, some already in custody and other ones that they were going to get. They canceled that executive order and they had to let those people go. Not just sex offenders, but these were... Um, they distributed human, you know, child trafficking and, and human trafficking. These were big time guys. 
And they had to let him go and stop investigating him because he can't, he blindly canceled. That one might've been a purpose. I don't know, but just canceling everything. This is another example of that. Uh, now, but the utility companies are just as bad because they're buying it anyways. I mean, they could take down their grid and they're buying it anyways. I mean, you would think that they'd say, okay, uh, we we just can't do that. I mean, we got to not buy them and replace them. Not only do you can't you not buy these, you have to replace them. So the electric utilities are absolutely complicit. Uh, to I don't want to give them credit, but at the end of the day, it's all about shareholders and bottom line for them, right? So if they can get something cheaper, they're going to do it. The grid hardening is a very expensive. I shouldn't say very expensive. There's different estimates. It depends on how far you harden. Are we just hardening the high voltage transformers and the long line uh, uh, distribution? Are we are we hardening the power generation facilities? Which ones are we hardening? Right. So it depends on how far you take this. But I mean, a lot of the estimates are 40 to 50 billion that I've seen uh, just ballparking middle of the road hardening to the grid. I mean, we spent that's one check to Ukraine here recently, right? I mean, that's, right. that's less than we give Pakistan you know, over the because course of a couple care. years. Because we don't care. I mean, it seems like we don't even care about our own welfare. Okay, but let's talk about what these things, what's built into them and what it could do. So the the testing that Sandia National Laboratory did was classified. So we don't know exactly the exact details of what's in the the high voltage transformer that makes it so vulnerable that we're we're going off a quote from somebody from the 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 national security council uh, under the trump administration that did the testing he came out publicly and explained why they did the executive order and what they found at sandia national laboratory uh, but I, I at the same time like biden got rid of that executive order he got rid of all of trump's executive orders but uh it's four administrations now it's it's 20 years or the five administrations there's 20 years now that the congressional emp commission which did its original testing so a little background on the emp commission that was a bipartisan so they got all the you know top nuclear phys physicists engineers uh missile defense guys bipartisan both sides of the aisle uh, ambassador woosley who is uh clinton's uh, former cia uh, chief. So he was on there. They, they put everybody together that had the most experience on nuclear EMP attacks and they had them do testing. So they spent two years testing. They released their first report in 2004 to Congress, warning Congress that this is America's Achilles heel. It is the future of warfare. And we're seeing that today with, with electronic, you know, warfares in the electromagnetic spectrum with drones and cyber. And they warned Congress 20 years ago, hey, this is coming. And we need to take this serious. This is the one thing that could completely and utterly destroy this entire country. They told Congress that uh, up to 90% of the American people would die within the first year without electricity. And, you know, that's a staggering number. We're talking over 300 million people dying in this country over the course of a year. And you say something like that in public and people roll their eyes and they're like, well, that's just that's just silly. Well, you know I want to dive how, into. How, yeah, how, I want to dive into that more. But about sure. what the ramifications are if the grid goes down, but you got to tell us what's in these things, because I think that people will understand so, how dangerous this is. So the, the the vulnerabilities come from nuclear EMP is the, 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 the worst case scenario. So the, the future of warfare, all of any nuclear country at this point 
their first strike doctrine in their war doctrine that we know through intelligence gathering and what whatnot, uh, whether we're talking about China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, is an EMP attack, uh, is a single nuclear weapon that's detonated high above America's atmosphere, uh, 300 kilometers above the ground, and they can take down the entire electric grid uh, over the course of the entire country, uh, fry it, right? We talked about 3,000 of these transformers. We only replace about 12 a year right now, and uh, they take 24 to 36 months to build. You're just not getting the first one to the American shores. Now, okay, let's say they fry all of us, you know, the transformers. Now, would people's individual generators and stuff be fried or would those still function no well so testing what do you do right i mean what do you do to well that's that's the problem that's the dirty little secret people aren't telling you is that an emp will there's a debate on how what percentage of electronics will be destroyed whether they're plugged in whether on the but it's enough of a it's enough of them where it's going to be catastrophic, right? If the electric and if the electric grid is taken down, you can't recharge them. So we're talking no banks, no no uh, sewer, no fresh water. We're talking no no TV, no radio, no internet, no interstate trucking, no grocery stores, no food factories. Everything in this country, every aspect of human life—that's kind of the point of. But would a solar what, generator I mean, or uh, you know propane gas or natural gas generator would those still work? Uh, not unless they've been hardened to EMP standards. Like if you're talking an old diesel mechanical, a purely mechanical generator, then yes, it will probably still work. But you're going to run out of diesel before long. Uh, so, like solar generators, there there is a single, there is one solar generator company uh, that that has done EMP testing. They sell a EMP hardened solar system, but it's just it's not a, a large company. Most of those small electronics, basically anything with a small microchip is likely, likely not hundred percent, but likely to be fried uh, okay. during an EMP attack. So okay. if you think about what, what, what electronic device have small silicon microchips in them. Are you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience? Concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? Look no further. The Freedom Buying Club is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. Say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies. Your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. Taste the difference with their premium all-natural beef. Their commitment to quality means you savor every bite with confidence. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure delicious goodness. And the best part is it's delivered right to your door. Enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join the Freedom Buying Club today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away. So I urge you to go to their website at freedombuyingclub.com and you can start your independence today. That'd be a disaster because what would happen, they'd try to knock it out of the sky and then we'd try to do the same thing to them and then the whole planet would be have all of their electronics fried at the same time. Yes and no. So th- this is kind of the, 
we wouldn't be able to knock it out of the sky because how it would likely be delivered is on a submarine in the Gulf of Mexico. And we have no Southern missile defenses. It's all our missile defenses are facing North uh, cold war era, you know, Russia firing intercontinental ballistic missiles. We're not going to see this coming. It's going to be a missile that goes straight up in the air. You could do this with a weather balloon. That's a whole nother topic, but uh, basically it's just something that goes straight up and explodes. So we're not stopping it before it happens. Uh, another thing that, okay. Uh, now I got to stop you for one second. How do we spend $2 sure. trillion dollars? a year or whatever we spend on our defense and not have some of these basic protections. I know that's a whole nother topic, but I just. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, so with missile God. technology, I mean, you have to think about shooting a missile out of the air is like kind of shooting a bullet, you know, it's especially with some of the newer missiles from China and, and, and Russia, we don't have the technology, these hypersonic weapons they have. They're we don't have us. the technology that you're, you're right. So if they're shooting it towards us and we have, two or three minutes before we see it coming across the pole, we have time to, to calculate trajectories and everything. We have a chance, but if it's fired from the ground, from a K club missile launcher, from a cargo container, from a submarine, and it just goes straight up. Even if we did have defenses in that area, if we did build defenses, you're not going to catch it, right? You're not going to stop it. So when this detonates, um, what, what again, Amer the American people don't know is 99% of the U S military base is get their electricity from the civilian electric grid. I've got DOD reports to Congress, again, 20 years ago, telling them if we lose the civilian electric grid, we've got enough backup diesel generation for 24 hours, uh, 24 to 48 hours. And uh, the, their phone lines don't work. There's no plan of action. So I'm also a part of the Electromagnetic Defense Task Force. It's a three-day wargaming operation the military put together with all the alphabet agencies. And uh, we looked at all this. And uh, I was shocking for me to find out, you know, the, the average military base, they don't have food. They get their food by tractor trailers on the base, just like every other town does. Uh, they're going to run out of food and they're, they're not gonna, their fresh water comes from the nearby town. They don't have their own anything. So they're going to run out of food and water and power, just like every other American. And uh, this, these reports told Congress that in the case of an EMP, which is why it's so likely our military cannot respond. Our National Guard can't respond. You know, you see the Hollywood movies where you have these trucks coming down the roads and passing out MREs. That's never going to happen. They, they've already warned Congress that they they can't. There's they, they, they have no ability to respond. All their stuff's fried, too. Oh, so, my God. Okay, so this is worst case disaster scenario is the EMP. Holy crap. Okay, and then what's after that? Okay, the next would be solar flare. So a nuclear EMP has two pulses. Well, it technically has three, uh, E1, E2, and E3. E2 is similar to lightning. Most houses and most electronics have lightning protection, so we kind of ignore E2. Uh, E1 is a nanopulse, bam, uh, like fraction of a second. It can go coast to coast, and that's what attacks the small microchips directly. The E3 portion of the pulse uh, pulse is a little bit slower and it, you know, works with earth's gravity or magnetosphere and, and attaches to long, anything with a long antenna, the long line transmission lines. So the E3 portion that fries everything plugged in. So nuclear EMP is the worst. The second one is solar, a massive solar flare, uh, a Carrington level solar flare, like hit us in 19, uh, or 1859 was the last time a large solar flare hit earth. Uh, you know, the northern lights, you see them, you know, the solar flares hit Earth all the time. But every I think it's like every 50 to 75 years, a big one, a big one hits Earth and it produces that E3 type pulse and it'll take down anything plugged in the electric grid. 
we we're, we're like we're like a hundred years past due for another big one well, uh, they, like i said the last one was have... 1859 yeah because I, I came from telecom and everybody says solar flare is just going to wipe out everything and if there's anything yeah. that yeah you're just they're done but we almost had one just this last year and there was just wicked activity going on and then we just kind of dodged the bullet i was watching that I didn't talk about it on air, but I've been watching it and talking to scientists. And there was this fear we should have had it, but somehow we dodged the bullet with the, the positioning of the sun and the mm-hmm. our planet. We dodged else. it. We've dodged a handful of bullets. We've dodged uh, a few years back. Uh, NASA and NASA didn't let us know for a little while after the fact, but we missed one one Miss Earth not a couple of years ago that would have wiped out all the electronics on the Northern Hemisphere around the world. Well, and the, uh, isn't was, that the it same? It was a Carrington level event. Well, and isn't that the same just like six months ago? I thought we just, we just had another one like that. There was, there was a big one that would have hit that would have probably taken out a bunch of electronics if it would have hit, but it was facing when it erupted, it was, it wasn't facing towards earth. Okay. Yeah, I know. So I think we got lucky. These, we got really happening lucky. all the time. Okay. It's just a matter of time. Uh, one of the things I we looked at was ice records, uh, the ice cores up in, you know, like Antarctica and, and, and the Arctic where they drill down and they take these ice cores out. From that, they can somehow tell uh, that large, you know, solar flares have hit Earth. I, I, I apologize. I think it's every 50 or 75 years these, these big ones typically hit per the ice cores. And it's been been 150 years i mean we've been we've been doing good for 150 years it's a matter of time so till that hits up now would those solar take, flares. yeah now would that take uh, out all the transformers and everything else or did it just mm-hmm. take out like it would take out everything i mean so that's that how do you recover from they're not even trying to recover from those things i mean they don't have any There's backup no rec- plans or anything no okay uh, like i said i, okay. I, I sat in the, the military's and the government's war game there is so the American people know there is no plan of action. This is co- considered design beyond design basis. A national electric grid failure is beyond design basis. FEMA has no plan of action. The military has no plan of action. The government has no plan of action. No one's coming to pass out food or get you fresh water. You're on your own in this case. And it's, it's not getting, it's not getting fixed. It's you're kind of, uh, the Congressional EMP Commission considered it a continental time machine, sending us back to pre-1900s before electricity. Unfortunately, we don't have horse-drawn plows. You can't go to your general store and buy, you know, 50-pound bags of salt and grain anymore. Uh, it's just we don't have the infrastructure. I, In my report uh, that, I, that I wrote on that, Grid Down Death of a Nation, uh, the psychology and physiology of human desperation and starvation, which is kind of my wheelhouse here, uh, the, the life skills needed to live without electricity, they're gone. I mean, less than 1% of the American people could actually live without electricity. And I'm sure there's a lot of your listeners that live rurally, like, oh, we garden, we can. But have you ever lived off that and not gone to the store? Even I live very rurally and I, you know, I garden, I can, I do all these things. But it's a whole lot different, you know, how large of a garden do you need? How much stuff do you need to grow? Do you have a root cellar? Are you banking on the stores being there to, to get you the supplies you need to do all this stuff? Uh, so the just the life skills needed to survive without electricity. Um, I'll give you one example. Like a lot of big cities, okay, uh, it's, it's gravity sewer septic systems. Uh, so what happens when that septic system fails, but everybody continues to flush their toilet? And uh, I've seen a lot of reports, depending on the city, depending on your elevation in the city, 
uh, the septic could start backing up and cause incredible pressure. And like you can go out uh, in your basement somewhere and shut the water off, but you have to have a like a 10 foot iron stake with a certain key on it to shut your septic off at the road. What happens when raw sewage starts backing up in entire neighborhoods? You can't stop it. Stuffing a rag down the drain or in the toilet's not going to stop it. Uh, you've got no fresh water. Your house is full of methane at this point uh, on the, at the lower elevations of the cities. There's just, there's a hundred factors. Fire hydrants have no water in them. The police, the firefighters, they're going to be going home after the day two or day three because of rioting and looting. Hospitals, nobody has power. Like there's no 911, the police, you know, there's probably gridlock traffic because the traffic lights are out. So the police, even if they could find somebody doing something, they'd have to probably walk them back on foot. So they're going to be going home. The firefighters will be going home. There's no pressure in the in the hydrants to even fight the fire. Uh, like I, I lived for a bunch of years in Pittsburgh. You're talking a bunch of old, 150-year-old, very crispy um row houses you know you can lose entire sections of cities with the massive fires you just you can't put them out okay there, there's so th this is a disaster okay so then what is after a solar flare uh after a solar flare the the next highest threat in my opinion is cyber uh we know for a fact that russia and china are embedded as I would suspect, uh, you know, uh, we are in their grids as well. Uh, it, the next stage of warfare is massive cyber attacks followed by hitting your enemy with an EMP. Because you can win the war on day one without firing a single bullet, killing a single trip, or having any fight. If if you take out a country's electric grid, they have no ability to fight a war. They just don't. There's there's nothing works, nothing functions. Right. That's why it's so likely. But cyber is also a very major player here uh we're, we're looking at quantum computing coming online here in the next five to ten years that's going to exacerbate the problem but they have embedded themselves i mean you could just google it and look at the plethora of news stories uh, on the you know that are based on the reports that we get at the task force uh they are yeah. thoroughly embedded i mean i can uh, admiral rogers who's the head of the this uh our cyber warfare unit uh, at the national security agency here 10 years ago had a you could go and you go to c-span you could pull up his you know in front of congress and they were asking him about the threat of cyber attack on our electric grid and he said it's the one threat against this country that keeps me up at night and he said i'm surprised it hasn't happened already and they were saying well is this a, this is a threat that's coming 10 15 years he goes i'd be shocked if it doesn't happen uh by the end of my first by by the end of my next term that Isn't was 10 years ago yeah i did a report about eight years ago about cyber and it was it was a pretty in-depth report i did a lot more writing back there in an investigative journalism when i first started and i did a report on my background i have a computer science engineering degree and so i was doing diving into that and one thing that's a little bit um that protects us a little bit is it is it probably won't be an entire system-wide I mean, they can attack it system-wide, but it would probably be more targeted attack. There'll be little pockets that'll still be up kind of thing. Where is, mm -hmm. Whereas an EMP or a nuclear thing will take everything down. I would say yes and no. So we don't know 100%. Um, they, there are cyber weapons. Um, nobody's really showing their hand right now. Uh, a good example of this is the, there's a documentary that Showtime put out a, a while back called Zero Days, 
uh, and I think it was like seven or eight years ago. It's fantastic talking about how there's no Geneva Conventions on cyber warfare. Every country, it's it's gray zone warfare. Every country is engaging in it. I suspect we are too, right? Uh, getting suspect involved in networks we are. and systems. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. I don't want to say that. You know, well, I had I don't people know of on, any, but oh, I know right. for a fact that they are because I've had people talk, yeah. come on, and talk about some of the cyber warfare things that we did. Um, like in Iran and, and different things. So I know for a fact, but keep going. Yes. And that, that's what that do- documentary is referring to. I just don't want to speak publicly sure, that's uh, fair. Uh, about it. Right. So uh, with that said, we suspect cyber capability capabilities of nation state actors. Right. So when you're talking about the cyber happening, you know, system wide or partially system wide or targeted, that's, that is like, terrorists and people that go after money and you know you have these these cyber hacking groups from russia and ukraine and you know from yeah. from yeah. that are targeting things but nation states i fully suspect that nation states have much more cyber threat capabilities than we than than the average layman knows do. about let's put it of that of course way. they do so, yes. so i would not be surprised if with the flick of a switch they can take down our entire national electric grid then now you talked about mutually assured destruction. So people are like, well, if they could do it, they would have already done it. It's like, well, they don't, they don't, the China and Russia, the Sino-Russian alliance, they're battling for world domination. They want to be power players. Uh, the American people, our, our country keeps the global economy. We buy everybody else's junk. You know what I mean? Like China needs us to buy their stuff. Yeah. We're if all we, interdependent, right? If they take us so, down, then we stop buying their stuff. So, I mean, it, and, and, and that's their, a good thing. Economies crash. That, it's a and good thing a to big, be interdependent. Yes. Yes. I'm agreeing. So, but everyone hangs their hat on that. The point is, is what happens during World War III? What happens when the missiles actually start fight flying and the fighting actually starts happening? Or if maybe we start winning the war, they may say, you know what, we'd rather just destroy them. You know, we could take down their, you know, their entire country uh, kills it. That's a better op. That's a better situation. They definitely will do that because it's it's yeah. like they don't hurt. They can't. They don't risk their own soldiers that way. But I do think that we will have pockets that'll um, be able to withstand that pockets i'm not saying the entire country i just think there'll be pockets sure. that'll be protected uh, but that's why it's third level it's not a blanket situation right but and most of the most of the guys studying this expect cyber. you know if they're going to take down our national grid with cyber they're going to follow it right behind it with an emp they're going to they're going to do both at the same time just to make sure you know it takes everything out so even if there were a few pockets, okay, so there's a uh, there's a big push. EMP. Yeah. Yeah, like down in San Antonio, they've got this great uh, project going. It's a public-private partnership uh, under uh, uh, Colonel Stomper, we call him Thumper, uh, and he's working with Joint Base San Antonio and the city of San Antonio, and uh, I forget which energy company down there is really on board. And they're trying to build kind of a hardened electric grid, right? In in that one area to prove that public part, you know, public-private partnership can work, right? I fully support what they're doing. They're they're proving technologies we've known about for a long time that the utilities aren't working with. But you were mentioning, like, if you just had a couple pockets here and there or multiple pockets, the problem is is they would be a pocket. Everything's That's my example. interdependent. Everything's interdependent. Interstate trucking, fuel, yep, yep. food. 
And so those little pockets aren't going to last real long when they're outnumbered a thousand to one with hungry, starving, desperate people coming to those areas for resources. So I still think it ultimately leads to a catastrophe, you know, even if there are little pockets. pockets. Yeah, no, I, but that's why it's not EMP level. Okay. But now let's talk about, (laughs) I, I don't like doing fear porn, but I guess the truth is pretty scary. The, the next... You've got the wrong guy on the show, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, this is like over the top. But I, you know, Listen, I did a report on it. I knew it was, but this, yes, I knew all this stuff. I just, it's hard to talk about it because it is so overwhelming. But now let's talk about the next stage. Is the next stage yet? These transformers that, these Chinese transformers? So the next stage would be uh, physical attacks against the grid. So Metcast sub- substation attack here about a decade ago. Uh, we, If you research Metcast substation attack, uh, you had two to three individuals, they, they don't know, uh, went underground uh, and cut the fiber optics, the phone lines to a high voltage transformer site. And then they went up and they used AK-47s from three diff- two or three different firing locations and shot up the high voltage transformer. Uh, they made a mistake. I'm not going to say what it is on air, but that that high voltage transformer substation location slowly overheated, as opposed to just shorted out. Okay, slowly overheated allowed the utility company to reroute power around that high voltage transformer. Okay, uh, and it was within minutes of collapse. Okay. And if, if it would have collapsed at high voltage transformer location, it would take down Silicon Valley for like, I think up to a month would have been without power. Could you imagine this news story of Silicon Valley lost power for a month? Yeah, but, but isn't we, that we, like a physical attack, which is bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's any worse than these transformers having back doors where the Chinese can just turn them off. It's not. I mean, that, that, I, I would think I would, that turning the Chinese having back doors into these transformers that, that can turn them off is worse because it's already there just sitting there. They just have to push the yeah. button. I mean, so versus an attack. In, I, I, I should have mentioned, I lump, I just lumped that in with cyber. That's a cyber attack. Oh, okay, so you, you consider this. Okay, now to explain what, that's what I, okay, I would call that a cyber attack too. I was thinking yeah. that is what it was. Okay, mm-hmm. but explain that because that's a big deal. And all these, we're buying these transformers from this Chinese company that's that's the cheapest. They're giving it to us at cheap prices, probably subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party. And it has a back door. All they have to do is push a button and it blows it up, destroys it, or takes just takes it down. That's in all these exactly transformers. Right. And what percentage of the transformers that are out there have this built in? Okay. So that, that kind of takes us to the next the next area is we don't know a hundred percent. Again, there's a gentleman by the name of Michael. Maybe if any of your listeners are following, I would highly recommend you go to his website, uh, uh, physical security. He talks about cybersecurity. He's kind of the tip of the spear in our industry. He's, he's filed so many FOIA requests. He He's the one that un- unearthed this uh, story. So he has his latest report here uh, on large transformers. It's a FERC filing uh federal um, Energy Regulatory Commission that he filed with them. I'll just read to you right here because I just pulled it up. It says um, that as of from January 1st, 2006 through October 31st, 2022, um, the U.S. has imported a total 
of 400 transformers over 10,000 uh, kilovolts from China. Of these 321, of these 321 exceed 100 100 kilovolts. So uh, it's it's a lot. Uh, it, it, I think the, the I don't know if it's the Washington Post. It might have been the New York Times. I think because it was a New York story covered this. There, I think it's 20% of New York City and I think 40% of Las Vegas get their power from, from these kind of transformers. So kind of what I was saying, the, the next section is the fact that we don't, we're not allowed to find out. The electric utility industry, does, they're the Wild West. They're the only industry in this country that has no federal regulatory oversight. They self-regulate their entire industry. They're the, they're the last industry in this country that has been able to get away with this, right? So they write their own security standards uh, in their own industry, okay? Each company writes their own physical security standards. And I was mentioning that Medcalf substation attack. Since then, we still, very little has been done to increase physical security at the sites. Um, and when they break a, a critical infrastructure protection standard, it's called a SIP standard, when they break it, each company is, you know, looked upon to turn themselves in when they break cyber threats or physical security threats and they turn themselves into their own industry their own industry sets the fine they pay the fine back into their own industry and as of the last couple of years we're not even allowed to find out who's who's breaking these sip standards because it's considered national security at this point uh but it, it's a, a to, to, to quote general krosniak it's a self-licking ice cream cone it's absurd uh they they do whatever they want there is an or so that's NER, uh NERC is a uh North American Energy Reliability Corporation. So that's their self-governing agency. And above, so NERC, and above them is FERC, which is a Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, which is a government commission, uh, which is a revolving door with the industry. So a lot of the people at FERC are from the utility companies, just like any anywhere in government. Uh, but FERC sets, you know, tells NERC all the time, hey, you've got a security situation, you've got this, that. NERC can take it or leave it. And NERC can make recommendations to their electric, the large electric utilities, and they can take it or leave it. There's nothing forcing them to protect the American people from this threat. Um, Why would they use? This... Well, let me ask you: If it takes forty billion to harden the grid. Why wouldn't they use their lobbying abilities to get Congress to help fund that? Would be a big boon for them. They'd they'd modify their electric grid. It'd be it's protect them instead of sending billions and billions to ukraine we use 40 billion which would be a fraction of what we're money laundering through ukraine to make everybody rich instead we'd protect the american people why aren't they using their lobbyists to do that if they're the most one of the most powerful lobbyists in the country multifaceted um so first off is regulation with that money to fix the these high voltage transformers to bring in new hardened or to harden the existing existing high voltage transformers congress is going to put strings on that they're going to want to inspect those sites to make sure they actually spent the money on hardening the the high voltage transformers right so this industry that has zero federal inspections right they, they don't, don't want, want to, they, they don't want to crack that door if they that makes sense so they've spent a billion dollars just in dc just that lobbying at the federal level they spent more than big oil and lobbying in dc the only corporate the other other entity that spent more than them is pharmaceuticals obviously but they've spent over a billion dollars in the last 10 years 
fighting against any new regulations, any government involvement. So they're going to stand really, they, they actually produce kind of their own junk science. So uh, EPRI, which is, a, uh, which is kind of their electric policy research institute, it's like their own research arm. Uh, a while back here. So when we were at the Electromagnetic Defense Task Force in 2019, the last one, and we were wargaming this, EPRI dropped their report the same day we were down there. So we went to the court, the courthouse, the 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 state house, and we we gave you know we talked to the media, but they basically put out a report stating that you know solar flare, you know these things aren't going to be that bad. You know it's probably not going to take down the grid. But the the report was not written by experts. It was it, it's kind of like the, the the cigarette companies back in the fifties writing you know science papers saying that cigarettes are good for your health, right? Oh, you they you're, said you're three out of five doctors or something recommend cigarette smoking yeah. for right. pregnant mothers or something. Right, so, <laughs> it's ridiculous. The science technically isn't wrong in the report. They use Sandia. I, I'm pretty sure it was Sandia National Laboratories. Uh, but the problem is, is what it the 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 level uh, eight kilovolts per meter is what they told them to test these transformers at is a fraction. It's it's ten percent of what a solar flare would likely do. So the EMP Commission that has this technical data, which is top secret. Right, the Congressional EMP Commission. They talked to these efforts. They heard they were putting this report out. They talked to them, and said, "Hey, you guys don't have the real data. The real they know data that. behind this threat." Okay, Jonathan. But they, they know. They that. never. They I come never, from telecom, and they knew that. Yeah. They knew that a solar flare would wipe them out. They know it. It's a common knowledge with the engineers and the people in those industries. Period. That's all BS. They know it. I'm just saying they they have a report. The politicians can wave and say, "Oh, it's not a big deal." Look at this science report. My my point is is that it's industry funded. It's a joke, um, and it's been thoroughly debunked point by point by the Electromagnetic Defense Task Force. The the guys that gathered there, the the actual experts on us. I think it was two lawyers that wrote their their science paper, but um, that didn't have any industry experience or expertise in this area so what well, was like this the, is what the we're science paper it was like the science paper that came out in the <laughs> for the medical thing where they had some ex-porn writer and whatever the what was the name of it oh the big science the big medical journal um the the lancet put it out there at the beginning of covid they just made this up and then we looked at who the writers were and they had to pull it a couple of weeks later because it was so embarrassing. The writers were, um, it was made up numbers and the writers were like ex-porn writers and stars and stuff. It was just so ridiculous. But these guys, if they weren't caught, they would have just used it. It's the same uh, that, thing. So I'm not going to comment on that particular I know you thing, don't know, but that happened. That so the, the people who follow the government remember being that. involved in science is a problem, in my opinion. <laughs> when the government so funds the science... In any industry, you run the risk of them telling them what they want the science to say. So I'm not really big into government paying for science, but anyhow. Well, it, it doesn't have to be bad. It's just when they need the science to back an agenda. It's like, I don't care what you do. Here's the money. Make sure that science backs this agenda. And then that's what they do. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. now this interview this conversation is going to freak a lot of people out right because okay well, the nuclear option there's not much we can do the solar flare option there's not much we can do i mean there is stuff but this takes big military this takes big planning this takes smarter stuff the uh cyber warfare that is something we can immediately do by 
just being smart and how they manage their systems, that's easier to defend uh, because it's, I mean, it's, it's just protecting your equipment and being smart and what kinds of things you buy. I'm not saying it's easier politically. I'm just saying it's easier for them to harden their grid in that way than it is to harden your grid. I think, am I wrong against uh, nuclear and solar? So the, the the problem, and I would I would re- refer people to uh, Dr. Joe Weiss, who is a leading leading nationwide. He's been to Congress many times discussing this topic. Okay, uh, the problem with mo- how most people approach cybersecurity is to keep someone out of their system. They basically build a fence around their system. The problem is, is once somebody's in. Or they get somebody's password or they get they 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 compromise that gate. And again, I, I, I state that nation states have better capabilities and I think we give them credit for. Yeah. I mean, how many cyber hacks do we see all the time? Right. So that's not the problem. OK, so uh, it, it's not necessarily cybersecurity because the problem is electric utilities. When we're t- If we're talking about the electric grid. There's really big, massive companies like Duke and you know Edison. These companies have really good cybersecurity, but there's little rural co-ops and small electric utility companies that have really bad cybersecurity because they can't afford it, right? The problem is with what's called the SCADA equipment, supervisory controlled acquisition data or um, advisory data acquisition. It's hard to explain, like the Siemens devices. So it's basically a piece of computer equipment at a factory that tells a turbine what speed to go, right? Uh, uh, there's a there's a good example of this Operation uh, Aurora, which you can actually Google. It's a classified operation that got leaked to the press, so you can actually see it, where through cyber, they were able to go in and control the physical function of a backup generator at a substation and literally blow it up underground. Uh, they made it go forward and back, forward, reverse. Like So these switches, kind of my point is, is if somebody can get through the fence, all the SCADA equipment has no, has no cybersecurity built into it. Factories, electric utilities, gas pipelines, all the, the SCADA equipment, which are all the big computer boxes that read temperatures at nuclear facilities, that, re, you know, that do, there's no cyber in that so that's the real threat is once they're in the system they can control physical function of certain devices whether it be a factory or the grid uh so joe weiss has been screaming for years that i mean it's like pennies on the dollar to add this security and this skata equipment but none of the companies are asking for it so none of like siemens and other companies that make it are offering it it's like the chicken or the egg it's like guys just get together and this is a simple thing just, you know, yeah, put some. That's my point. Yeah. Some of these things can be simple solutions and we could really help a lot. So you are trying to make people aware of this because it's a holy crap situation and you're trying mm-hmm. to make people aware of it. And what are the solutions? You just named one. What are the solutions that we could do that would be realistic that could harden our grid and protect the American people? Well, I would point everybody to a documentary called Grid Down Power Up, griddownpowerup.com. It's a recent release. Uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, the actor Dennis Quaid narrates it. Uh, it. It will. It's a one-hour documentary on this topic. And on the back end of that, he offers uh, solutions and he has a website where you can contact your local representative. They have uh, like letters that they already have kind of pre-written and ready to go. Uh, David Tice is the guy that uh, directed that documentary. So, 
the the big issue here and the, and the frustration for us is the fact that nobody knows this is even a threat. 99.5% of Americans have no clue how likely some of these events are. That leads to the politicians. Most of the politicians underestimate the threat. Let's put it that way. The ones that really know are owned. I mentioned a billion dollars in 10 years. Every Both sides of the aisle. This isn't a political issue. This is a they're all owned by That's the right. electric utility lobby. So the, the the question is, is getting legislation. We've had the SHIELD Act for 20 years. Our organizations have put forth comprehensive bills. They never make it out of committee uh, because the electric utility is so lobby. So I don't have an exact answer. We're looking at some state level. We're trying to get this done in one state that we can point to and say, hey, that see, that wasn't very hard. And there are some states that are looking at doing this. But it's a complicated this is a comp i mean we're scratching the surface of the iceberg of information that so I, we can awareness. discuss on oh, it, so, it's so it's awareness to get them to take it seriously and then the funding but we got to get past the electric utilities wanting anybody involved because they want all that out is it one of those things where a lot of people have to die and we have to suffer before they'll actually make a change? I mean, that's the problem. Is that what they're saying to us? No, we'd rather have the whole country die and suffer before we will be subjected to anybody telling us what to do or any kind of, I don't, I know I'm a libertarian, so I don't really like people telling government involved either, but we do need to make sure that it's protected. This industry, every aspect of human life revolves around electricity. No, no, no interstate trucking, no food, no water. This is the one industry. If the government should be involved somewhere, it's this. It's this spot, right? Because without a functioning electric grid, if they take down our national electric grid for a long period of time, we're talking massive death and destruction. So to answer your question, I am concerned that that is going to be the case. There's going to be a massive cyber attack. Uh, Russia's already threatened it. Uh, if we if we step past too many red lines in Russia, they've threatened to take down the grid in Atlanta uh, already uh, or a major U.S. city. And then they talked about how we would go, you know, take down the grid in Moscow and they would take, you know, it would tick for tap. And then next thing you know, it's a nightmare. And it's just nightmare. the American people just don't know. And and nobody's the point is the, the politicians that do know, and I've met with a lot of them and our organizations. I mean, we've, we sat with Trump. We sat with all these both sides of the aisle. This is a bipartisan issue. There's a lot of people that know the answer is, is they don't want to use political capital and they'd rather kick the can down the road. And I'll be honest with you right now, they're all doing this. They're just crossing their fingers, thinking it's the next that. guy's problem. But well, we've been doing like that for the, five administrations now. Oh, my God. I'd like to get them the hell out of Big Pharma or you know, out of our medical situation. Just get out of that completely. Leave us alone there and focus on some of these other things that really will help the American people. But they just won't do that. And I, I'm afraid that people will have to die more so in order for them to move. Um, unfortunately you know, that that if if russia takes case. down one city or one state mm-hmm. that would be a much better situation than the entire country and then we learn our lesson from that and move forward i'm afraid that's what kind of crap they're going to pull okay so now what can people do individually we always have to with this level of scariness you have to give people some solutions and some things they can do 
So uh, I am also the CEO and president of a company called Grid Down Consulting. So you can go to griddownconsulting.com. I've written five books on this subject. Uh, two of them, uh, Survival Theory, Survival Theory 2. I would recommend uh, you take a look at those two books. I, I discuss these topics at length, long-term loss of electric grid. I put some different recommendations forward on the average Joe. Uh, so the, so the, give us a couple, give us just a couple so that people know that this is something we can withstand. If the worst happens, we, we can be okay. You, you mentioned fear porn. You mentioned selling fear. Uh, I don't want to get put in that box, uh, but there, I'll be honest with you. If you have no money to spend, if, if you can't afford to have a plan of action to get you out of a major population center and get away from people for the first year, we talked about 90% of American people are going to die from starvation, disease, societal collapse, rioting, looting, violence the first year. If you can't get away from people and have a fallback location to go to, um, you're kind of rolling the dice with your family. So I'm one of the few people that are going to come out and say that because there's a bunch of people. If you go to YouTube and you type in urban prepping, they're going to give you a five-step program on how, you know, paint your doors with X's, throw some garbage in the street. They're going to tell you to build a six-foot privacy fence in your backyard and, you know, grow a large garden. They're going to give you a bunch of five-step easy solutions uh, on what the average person with no money or, uh, you know, blue-collar guy can do. And I'm going to sit there and tell you that your neighbors, you know, a month, two months into this thing, when they're starving to death and their little girl, their six-year-old daughter is on the, the couch, you know, they're going to know you're the only ones not getting skinny. You, you can't you can't survive long term in this city. So my big recommendation is, is uh, to, you, you have a short period of time to get out of mass population centers. Cousin Bob's farm. Uh, go to an old bed and breakfast you stayed out that's remote i i put some of these you have for that a couple weeks and you need you just need to get the heck out it's gonna be very difficult to survive this situation that's the point and 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 a lot of people aren't going to tell you that it's it's going to take a lot of luck and a lot of grace of god to get through a serious situation like this so prior you find a rural you find a rural area is the bottom line yeah Okay. That that's a short that's the short answer. But the the thing I want to tell people what's so critical. So again, you can download this report for free on my website. Okay. It's under the research tab. It's called Grid Down Definition: The Psychology and Physiology of Human Desperation, Starvation, Living Without Rule of Law. This is a white paper I wrote for the military and for officer training at the LeMay Wargaming Institute. Okay. You need to understand if, if there's one thing you need to understand, you need to understand human nature and starvation because we've never seen it in this country not for a long time i have historical uh, i've got you know different studies the minnesota starvation experiment I, I explain how people are going to react in this type of scenario uh and i give a lot of historic documentation from from the holodomor from ukraine from the chinese famine uh the bengal famine the the holocaust and and ha- firsthand accounts on how people react when they're starving because i think a lot of people think like Oh, I'll just, you know, work together with my neighbor. We're going to hold hands. We're going to sing Kumbaya. We're going to wait for the government to show up and bail us out. Um, the problem is the government's not coming. This is, it is like long the zombie, term. The zombie apocalypse. I mean, people just start freaking out. I mean, what is. Yeah, I, that that is human nature. I mean, is that the first essentially day what not. you see? Mad that's, Max? that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's what I see. Okay. People don't want to face that fact in America and say, oh, we're the richest country in the world. That could never happen here. But I can tell you right now, if you take people's food and, and water away from them and they actually I'm not talking about missing a couple of meals. I'm talking about not eating a single prepared meal for a week. 
you know, people dying, getting sick, you know, looking like, you know, the set of the Schindler's list. Okay. That's not, that's not, it's going to go very bad. It changes changes people. people. That's that's my point. Okay. You have to get away from people. And so come up with some, give us some solutions to deal with this because, um, you know, people will see warning signs. They'll see something happen. We'll know we're in it. What do we do? Give us some practical, just give us a couple practical tips. If they want more, they can go and get your book and they sure. can learn about it. But let's leave with some hopeful information here. Okay. Uh, step one, like I mentioned, educate yourself on the threat. The threat is is not, the threat is people, is starving desperate people. Get away from people. Uh, so a lot, I'm not telling you to, you know, the next step would be don't operate out of fear. And I so that sounds like an oxymoron. Um, but as a Christian, I, I get these reports all the time. But as a Christian, like, I don't live my life in fear over this, right? You do what you can as you can. So don't let fear dominate you. A lot of YouTube channels will, will operate out of fear. And it sounds like that's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to be truthful. I'm trying to give you the, the lay of the ground. So what will save you from operating in fear is having a good plan of action. Okay. Uh, so I mentioned getting out of cities within the first 36 hours or any, any, even, you know, I would say even medium to small towns are going to fall apart. Not quite as quick as the big cities, but they need food too. Um, one, one example I give is, you know, let's say you have a, you know, a second cousin that has a farm somewhere rurally. Okay. And let's say you go to that second cousin and, you, you know, I, I'm not recommending going there, telling them the, the, the sky is falling and, you know, we need to spend $100,000 building off-grid infrastructure and a bunker here because they may look at you like you're nuts. But what you can do is buy some some food, uh, some, you know, freeze-dried food, uh, water purification resources. You can get some of the, quote, preparedness stuff that you need to have, store it in a storage locker near when they live. After the grid goes down, you just show up and now, you know, they might have, you're crazy over Thanksgiving dinners, but now you have food and supplies and, you know, you have that stuff down the road that, you know, you can run a tractor down there, pick it up, bring it back. So that's one thing. But if you don't have a cousin, Bob, uh, you know, that has a farm somewhere rurally. Uh, so again, this will take a, a minute to flesh out because so, so these aren't great things. Okay. I, I have a consulting business where I've worked with over 500 high net worth individuals around the country and built um, some of this off-grid infrastructure for, for, for billionaires, right? And uh, 2 million, 20 million is not a, you know, unheard of number to build an off-grid survival retreat somewhere for a wealthy person. You don't have that ability. So one strategy I put for the, uh, the average Joe is to find, to go on Google and find some rural bed and breakfasts. Uh, there's, there's, it's kind of a new thing where they have these ones where they do like farm fresh to the table, right? They'll have fresh eggs. They keep goats and chickens and, you know, they have a milk cow out back. It's a new kind of craze for these rural bed and breakfasts, right? And then I, I say, you know what? Find one that's kind of off the beaten path. This is going to take some time and then go there and visit them. Uh, take a take a weekend getaway with your wife or your husband and go there and visit. And don't mention any of the world ending. Just befriend them, right? Just get to know them, uh, talk to them. This, you know, become a regular. You go there a couple times over the course of a summer. Get to know these people so they know your face. I would take my supplies that I'm putting aside. Again, I would get a, a, a storage unit as close to that location as possible. Day of the event, you show up, say, "Hey, we're traveling. We need a room." Okay, 
They, they know your face. You're not a stranger. You've got to know them. Well, again, you're not telling them anything about the end of the world. Rent the room that night. Uh, you can spend some time, pay cash, have cash, rent the room a couple more nights. Okay. Once they kind of see what's happening around them, then kind of come clean. Tell them, say, hey, here's the situation. I've got food, guns, ammo, seed. Um, we can provide labor. Let us stay here with you. Okay. So I, that sounds... That, that sounds wonky, right? I also have clients that- <laughs> It does, will, but I guess it would work. It sounds crazy. So but so that's what I'm saying. It's important to kind of understand the threat before you start looking at some of my solutions for people that can't afford it, because that, that sounds crazy. Yeah, that's that's not, I'm not saying that's a great thing, but you also don't have, you know, a 2000 acre parcel with all the off-grid EMP hardened facilities, right? To, to, to go to, you just don't. So what I try and tell people- um, is that's a better scenario. You have a better chance of living longer that way than staying in the middle of a city, no food, no water, literally 10,000 to one threats around you, people starving, dying. It's going to escalate so fast. And, and again, this is human nature. This is the richest country in the world. We have law and order. But I mean, we're talking about no 911, no police, no firefighters. Well, you have no one's coming to, to help gas you. to be able to drive somewhere. Okay, that so th these are complicated stuff. It depends on your vehicle. You need to have, you know, if we're talking EMP, you would have to have a pre seventy eight carbureted vehicle, most likely to function. There's again, there's questions on which vehicles will survive, which won't. How close are you to ground zero? Are you in Tulsa where it went off, or are you, you know, at the far end of the coast, you know? But they may hit us with three. So you, you we just don't know what percentage the congressional EMP. Uh, commission said uh, looked at like it was between 13 and 20 percent of vehicles could be fried but that was in 2002 think how much more technologically advanced cars have gotten since then with computers and microchips all throughout the cars and you know things not functioning if this computer doesn't work so we just don't know 100 percent exactly what percentage but even a small percentage of cars stopping you know 10 percent of cars being fried at at a moment's notice in any major city, it's going to completely gridlock the traffic. It's going to be, you're going to have a hard time getting out. So you may have to have plans to bicycle out or, you know, walk. So I usually tell clients, you know, when, when I'm helping them set this infrastructure up, you know, it's usually within three hour drive of, of, you know, so, uh, so you can actually walk there within a day or two. If you have to, it's very wow. complicated. Okay. So, so there's yeah. a lot of things. What I'm saying uh, uh I want to give solutions. So I'm not trying to be coy here. I'm not trying to hawk my stuff. I'm just saying that it's complicated. It's very difficult to survive this situation, which is why we need to get it fixed before it happens, right? This is why I volunteer my time, uh, you know, and I spent, I go to these conferences and stuff on my own dime because we're trying, we're trying desperately to wake people up, wake the American people up, wake the politicians up and get this thing fixed before these crazy you know, scenarios happen and you have to do, you end up at a bed and breakfast in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's know? crazy. With, okay. Well, with, how about satellites? Will the satellites be functioning? So low orbit satellites uh, are going to almost all fall out of the sky. Yeah. So in the case of an EMP, and it depends on the level of the solar flare, but that was one of the things we discovered after the 1962, the last high altitude starfish prime experiment that we did is uh, 
And that was something that was classified, wasn't released until many years later, is that, yeah, we lost all the satellites that were in low orbit. So, and a lot of our satellites are in low orbit at this so point. So Starlink would be done. Yeah, yeah. And, Sat and, phones aren't going to work. Okay. And if a major solar flare happens, Starlink's done. Possibly. So or I would are think they Elon, hardening I, I, their, I haven't talked they, to Elon Musk lately, yeah, but I'm I would assume if, that they're taking this threat. Have you sat down? Have you sat down with Elon Musk in the past? No, no, that was a joke. Okay, that's but I want to know because this is important. If you have a connection, I'd be happy to discuss this. Uh, I sort of do, but I haven't talked to her for a long time. (laughs) I I had um, I had the woman who runs SpaceX on my show like many years ago, but since then I've been banned everywhere, and I'm a I'm people are afraid to talk to me if you're in the establishment, but. Uh, I would think that they would, which is they shouldn't be afraid to talk to me because this is where the media is going. And I'm just talking about truth. And the nice part is it's starting to change around again. People are starting to say, hey, we need to be talking about this stuff. And the whole woke culture, I don't like the word woke, but that whole um, shut people down is starting to, you know, not be as strong anymore, which is really good. But okay, so that I would think that Elon Musk and his Starlink and all these satellites, because we have thousands of satellites going up, they would have solar flares that will be hitting them. Even if it doesn't make it to earth, won't some of those solar flares hit them? Yeah. So any new satellite today has usually solar, solar storm protection. Let's put it that way. But the thing is, is to what degree? So it's kind of that like people, I'll give you an example. People build, houses and cabins down along a river all the time. But you always hear about the, you know, a 30 year storm, 50 year storm, and then they lose their cabin. Right. So it's the same way here. So there's solar storm protection built into a lot of this stuff, but the cost to protect it, you know, to really, really harden it against something massive. I I don't know that that, that's the question. I'd be curious to know as well as if the, you know, to what level, of solar storm have they protected their stuff for uh i don't i don't envision they'd have starlink to they'd have to be protecting them because even if it doesn't hit the ground it's going to hit them first because there's solar flares that are hitting them all the time yeah so I, that's what i'm saying I, they're all all of them are protected to some level of solar flare but when we're talking about like a carrington level event from 1859 yeah, a yeah. massive cme that's what i'm saying i don't know that they have protection against that they're probably all just like any other industry just kind of crossing their fingers you know it's not going to happen in our <laughs> lifetime well, our grandkids will i'll be dead i'll be dead yeah, before yeah. this happens and so this is too much <laughs> right. and just this goal who cares and there is a certain amount of wisdom to that once it becomes overwhelming but you let's at least protect us a little bit i mean this is crazy okay so now give us your website again um so people can learn more about sure. you so uh, the the EMP task force, the the U.S. task force on national homeland security is EMPTaskForce.us. That's EMPTaskForce.us. My personal uh, website is GridDownConsulting.com, and you can go there. You can find out a lot more information on my biography, on my background. I do media uh, um, appearances, obviously, and uh, you know I do presentations. If you have a company uh, that would like a presentation on. You know, there's there's so much more that we can talk about on this, and it's it's really difficult, Sarah, to like. It sounds. I sound. I I get it. So to to your listeners, I sound nuts. You know, I get it. You're not nuts. You have to just rely on the fact that I'm giving you. 
the tip of the iceberg. I'm literally scratching the surface of this topic. If you go down this rabbit hole, and it's not a conspiracy theory. The I mean, there's government reports, the GAO, everyone knows about this. They're just all kind of hoping nothing happens. And the, the American people aren't asking them to fix it, so they don't have to. They're well, just, and that and that's why we need to raise awareness, because while we won't yes. be able to protect ourselves against everything, we can be smarter about this and protect ourselves against quite a bit like these Chinese transistors that are can be shut off. That's stupid. It's these cyber attacks, the majority of the cyber attacks stuff that you said that can be fixed for pennies on the dollar. That's stupid that we're not doing that. So we need to fix that immediately. And then doing some, uh, maybe we won't be able to protect ourselves from a Carrington event, but we should be able to protect ourselves from lower level solar events, you know, stuff like that. We should be able to do the things that make the most sense and yeah. for us to just be sitting ducks is really dumb. I, I agree with you. And that's what we've been fighting to do for a long time. The, again, the problem is with the utilities. They don't want to crack that door. You start letting the federal government come in and tell you what kind of SCADA equipment you can do, what kind of fences. Oh, you have to have this type of camera system. You have to have this type of hardening in your systems. They They just... They don't want that. And and that's if you if we could figure out a way, I mean, because we've had, like I said, we've had multiple bills. We just got our clocks cleaned down in Texas. We tried to get the Texas grid hardened with Senator Bob Hall. It's just every time we show up, you know, you have these big utility, you know, law firms, you know, a whole bunch of suits show up and that's right. Next thing you know, well, the bill disappears. So that's why we have lawfare, right? Lawfare, people can't get anything done unless the public, and that's why people, people need to realize how important the public knowledge actually is. And that's why they try to control the media. When we this, this space is almost completely controlled because they know that as soon as the public demands things, that's how things get done. Not in courts, not anywhere else. The courts are fixed and controlled. And for the most part, everything's controlled. The only way we can get stuff done is for public awareness. For the most yep. part. So, yeah, I, I would, the last thing, if I could, uh, my website is griddownconsulting.com. On the research tab, the, the white paper I wrote, Grid Down Death of a Nation, it's 122 pages. Uh, it's free. You can buy a hard copy on Amazon. All my stuff's available on Am my fiction books and my 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 other books i mentioned survival theory on amazon paperback audible you know they're 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 available in all those resources but that report it will change your perspective on this topic i highly recommend it. it's free doesn't cost you a dime um it just it, you need to understand what's coming if this happens right and share it wide as you can that report uh because it, it'll really wake people up as to you know kind of what's coming it's a full color there's pictures some of them are kind of disturbing pictures of starvation but it's something that people need to see and we need to get our representatives to stop kicking this can down the road and actually do something about it well that's what they need to do about a lot of things but thank you so much for coming you on bet. the show i really appreciate your time you bet thank you sarah for having me on